Welcome to the Kumbaya Podcast, the whole woman's resource, where we uncover the amazing resources available to help you on your holistic health journey and hopefully help you prevent issues before they arise. Welcome back to the Kumbaya Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. It is early 2023, and I just feel this energy of the year ahead, right? The what we are going to accomplish, all our goals, all our dreams, just the plans for this year ahead. And I'm loving it. I hope you are too. Anyone and everyone can benefit from this episode. But I will say, if you are thinking about starting or growing your family as part of your future plans, you'll definitely want to listen to today's episode. Dr. Rachel Marinowski is here to talk with us about why and how to detox your body before you get pregnant. In our conversation, Dr. Marinowski shares why detoxification is something to put on your radar if you're even thinking about conceiving, who needs to think about it, and not only how to detox, but how to avoid toxins in the first place. And you guys know how much I love prevention. (laughs) It is my passion, and I just really, really love that we got to that in this conversation. It is a great episode with lots of valuable information, and I cannot wait to share it with you. Before we get into it, I do want to let you know a little more information about our guest. Dr. Rachel Marinowski received her Bachelor of Science degree from the University of Georgia. After working in corporate health for a large hospital system, Dr. Marinowski sought a more comprehensive medical model based upon prevention rather than disease-based care, one that analyzes the whole body and encourages patients to take an active role in their own health. Dr. Marinowski found that naturopathy was the perfect fit. She graduated from National University of Health Sciences. She is a board-certified and licensed naturopathic physician and a member of the American Association of Naturopathic Physicians. She serves as an elected official on the Georgia Association of Naturopathic Physicians Executive Board and sits on the advisory committee for the naturopathic program at NUHS. Dr. Marinowski holds special interest in women's health, gastrointestinal dysfunction and disease, environmental medicine, endocrinology, hormonal dysfunction, functional medicine, clinical nutrition, and homeopathy. In 2016, she and three colleagues co-founded an integrative medical clinic where she currently practices as the head of primary care. Their clinic, Vital Atlanta, is in downtown Atlanta and includes the Atlanta Birth Center, psychotherapy, acupuncture, massage, craniosacral, chiropractic, lactation support, nutrition, midwifery, obstetrics, and gynecology. She is also the co-founder of an online health and wellness initiative called Kale Blossom. Her goal is to increase access to integrative medicine and to nourish practitioner partnerships for the ultimate benefit to each individual patient's healthcare and to empower patients to reach their own optimal health in body, mind, and spirit. You guys are going to love her as much as I do. Without further ado, please enjoy. Well, thank you so much for being with me here today, Rachel. Um, I would love for you to start by telling us a little bit more about what you do and specifically how a naturopathic doctor is different from a medical doctor. 
Absolutely. And thank you for having me. I also wanted to say, I so appreciate what you do for women. I think pelvic floor um, physical therapy, the pelvic floor in general is so important. And if I could go to the top of a mountain and, and scream it through a megaphone, I would. So thank you for doing what you do to help um, our community. So yes, naturopathic physician and medical doctor, um, different and similar at the same time. A naturopathic doctor has to have an undergraduate degree, usually in some type of science field, and then attend a four-year postgraduate accredited naturopathic medical school. There aren't too many. I think there are five in the U.S., one in Canada. After that four-year postgrad um, time period, then you have to sit and be licensed for boards, just like your standard physician. We are actually trained as primary care doctors, which is really cool. There aren't a ton of us yet in the U.S., but I hope that will grow because there is such a need for primary care doctors. I think in Georgia alone, it's something like 1,000 to 1,200 patients per one primary care doctor. Wow. So we could really come in and fill this, and we're trained to do such. The first two years are just like standard medical school, um, and they actually do curricula comparatives, and you can see we still do biochemistry and anatomy. We dissect a cadaver for a year and um, all of the ologies, physiology, you know, nephrology, all of that. The last two years is where we really kind of go a different direction. We still learn lab work diagnostics, um, but we really focus on those lifestyle modifiers, the proactive preventive healthcare. And we use things like lifestyle education. We use botanical medicines, homeopathy, and we still do use prescription medications. We try to do so more sparingly, mm -hmm. um, but we're, we're not anti-medicine at all. I feel like it's the best of both worlds. Um, so I'm, I'm super, I love my job and I feel so lucky to be able to have found naturopathic medicine and being able to make it a career for myself. Yeah, that's amazing. That's excellent. And then what is, um, what is kale blossom? I know you have the, um, your naturopathic side and then is kale blossom like an outreach of that or how does that link in? Yeah, great question. So they're actually totally separate things. Kale blossom is a passion project okay. that my um, best friend and I started. She's a chiropractor. We actually met when we were um, in postgrad and my thing was I was practicing and my practice was full. I also have four kiddos and, you know, my servant heart is like, I want to care for anyone that wants to come through the door, but I know to be healthy myself, which is super important to practice what I preach. I can't see everyone in the world. So it's like, how do we educate and empower other people with the tools of naturopathic medicine in a way that is accessible to them when I'm not always accessible and there aren't a lot of naturopathic physicians. Mm -hmm. So Cal Blossom actually was born. The idea of it was born over a decade ago but she and I were both busy. We were just starting out having babies. And so we recently kind of revisited and launched it a couple of years ago. And it's been awesome. It's so fun. Um, we, we get so many appreciative messages and it's a great creative outlet too, for writing and connecting with other people outside of my clinical practice. Yeah. I love it. I love seeing your posts on Instagram with there are some that are funny and some that are like just chock full of information. I'm like, save that chair, that, save that. I just, I love, <laughs> I love I, everything that you do is just um, very much in alignment with. So I'm appreciative that you are so vocal and out there and sharing your knowledge in such a wonderful way. So I, I do appreciate that. So let's dive in. Um, I am, I've been actually working with more and more clients lately um, which is amazing and wonderful to see that are actually preparing for pregnancy. So typically, you know, when I used to take insurance, I would see people after they had issues, when problems arose. <clears throat> so I'd only see them in pregnancy if there was a problem. 
And now I think just many things have kind of conspired to get to this place where a lot of people are coming into our practice and hopefully public PT everywhere that um, they are, you know, they're pregnant and they don't have issues. And they're like, hey, wait, you know, I just want to have the best labor and delivery possible. And so now it's even going a step further. I'm starting to have patients who are coming in who are not even yet pregnant but they want to have a baseline and they want to have this knowledge about their body. And so um, I just wanted to, you know, and it got me thinking back to when I got pregnant for the first time in that really like um, space that I was in of trying to improve as much as I can. And anyway, so, you know, there's really so many things to think about when you're getting ready to conceive. Why yeah. should couples think about detoxification? Yeah, that's a great question. You've got lots of good questions today. Um, 50% of pregnancies are unplanned. I think that's the statistic. So I love the idea that more and more are proactive and women are saying, I want to take control of my health now. Detoxification is important. I think it was just last year, the CDC came out with a study showing that 80% of children and adult urine had glyphosate in it, which oh. is a pesticide and it's super toxic and we know it's a carcinogen. So it's that fine line, we can't live in a bubble. We do live in a very toxic world compared to even decades ago. So it's making those little small choices and changes to see where that are easy to do, to see where you can lower that body burden bucket, we say. The less that we can fill the, the body's bucket of problems, toxins, stressors, infections, et cetera, the more well-positioned you will be going into something like pregnancy. And yes, with couples, both mom and dad should do detoxification because they're 50% of the equation. And right. in fact, when a couple suffers from subfertility or infertility, it's usually a three-part um, causation. First part that could be problematic would be female physiology, and that would be organ dysfunction, hormonal dysfunction. Second part is male physiology matching. The third part is like that X, that X factor, the question mark, and that's like immune system or toxic burden, or, you know, I've seen mold, Lyme, you know, complete nutrient depletion um, affecting the immune system. And it kind of all swirls to the perfect storm. And that causes that subfertility or infertility. Mm. So it's looking at both, both partners for sure. Very, very important. Absolutely. That's yeah. right. And so it sounds like you can, so by detoxing before you even get pregnant, you can help your fertility. And then also would it help, I mean, it makes sense to me, that it would help you have a healthier pregnancy, a smoother pregnancy, um, is that the case? Have you even seen any studies? And it doesn't mean that it isn't the case, just it may not have been published yet. But um, <clears throat> um, have you seen any evidence that people who do detox or they start their pregnancy in a better physiological condition or medical you know, standpoint, do they have less uh, nausea or less fatigue or any of those kind of bothersome first trimester symptoms that a lot of people can experience? Yeah, I... I would love for someone to do that study for sure. I don't know that it's out there, but we can only imagine if the body's in a state of homeostasis and it doesn't have a lot of managerial tasks on its plate, like infection, inflammation, toxic burden, it's going to be able to focus on the task at hand, which is pregnancy. Mm -hmm. So ultimately that would, you know, end up with better less symptoms, better overall pregnancy, better outcomes, et cetera. There's one really specific thing though, that I've seen in practice working alongside midwives, talking to them. And I'm not there when, um, I don't do labor and delivery. Some naturopathic doctors do extra schooling for that. Uh, I really work alongside co-managing patients with the midwives, but in talking to them and working with them over the past decade, 
one thing that is noticeable is the health of the placenta. Mm. And they know when a woman is ultimately healthy, she's replete in things like iron, protein, et cetera. She's going to have a very beautiful, beefy red placenta. All of the arteries, veins are going to be in the right place. No calcifications. And they can tell when someone is not a very good eater, probably if we could dig in, you know, and this isn't to shame anyone, but maybe someone that eats more fast food, only 20%, I think of people eat at home and cook at home, which is crazy. So it may be the people that eat more processed foods, but we're seeing grayer placentas. The tissue just doesn't look healthy, more calcifications, fat deposits. And that, that makes sense because the placenta, it feeds and nourishes baby, but it's also the filtration system. It's like a trash dumpster, right? It's catching a lot of stuff. And that's where we say, if you're, thinking about placenta encapsulation, you need to make sure that your placenta is evaluated by someone with a trained eye. And if it doesn't look great, let's don't put that back into mom's body afterwards. Yes. That makes such sense. And I I didn't have that appreciation of the placenta as a marker of, or just something that they would really look to for the health status of the baby's health status of the mom. But I noticed that after my two births, they really inspect that thing and they just get all in there and my midwife would videotape it because obviously I was in a bed and you know with baby so when they did the inspection she would did she would like record it on her phone and showed me later this is what we saw and this is all the all, yeah, the, all the information that they got from it and just like opened my eyes to that is yeah didn't know that was a thing before <laughs> um so cool isn't it and if we could take out our other organs like our liver you know what would that look like which yeah. is our other main filtration system what would the inside of our gut mucosa look like those would be real indicators and that's why too one of the first steps in preparation for pregnancy or even just proactive healthy living we always say get thorough lab work done it's the Mm -hmm. best data on your specific body your biochemistry and then we're we're testing we're not guessing right and that could really help be the navigational beacon to where one person needs support Mm -hmm. This person's protocol for preparation for pregnancy may look like this, but this other person, even though they're doing the same thing, could be totally different based on her needs versus her needs. Right. So that's probably the second, the number one thing I love is prevention. Number two is probably individuation, you know, really kind of getting things very specific for you when you can do that. That's just amazing because it's putting you in such a place of power. It's not just this blanket statement. Everyone should do X, Y, Z. It's like, no, you really are deficient in vitamin D and that's going to support your body and the growing baby this way. So let's get those stores up before we put the load on your body of carrying in a child. Um, that's great. Um, that just lets me think. So um, are there certain labs that you would say, or is that even, is it urine samples or is it blood tests? How does that look? Yeah, so our standard, we call it the works in our um, clinic. It's blood serum, and we typically go through LabCorp Quest. So they're your standard labs that you would get done yearly at an annual exam, except to the max. So we like to add more because we like to look at the whole picture. And mm-hmm. that, for example, would look like standard of care is just TSH or TSH and T4 for thyroid. Mm-hmm. We actually look at five markers as a minimal amount. So TSH, free T3, free T4, and both antibody levels. Definitely want to get a full lipid panel. Cholesterol is really important as a precursor to all hormones. You need cholesterol in pregnancy. Mm -hmm. It's also great for brain, nervous system, et cetera. So we're looking at those little 
um, subtleties as well, things that you wouldn't necessarily think about cholesterol and pregnancy, but you need it. Definitely vitamin D, B12 folate, which are very integral for development of baby, but also for things like energy and mood, which is important for mom during pregnancy. And especially in that postpartum period, definitely want to see a CBC looking for any kind of infection, weird immune system stuff, which again, can be tricky in pregnancy. Baritin, which is your iron storage, it's going to bottom out long before a person ever becomes anemic. So you want to see that. I like to see some inflammatory markers like HSCRP. I like to like, I like to look at homocysteine to look at methylation. And then if there's stuff going on there, then we may look at genetic testing, like your MTHFR, your COMT to really see how someone is detoxifying. Um, I think we said vitamin D that's, that's basically it. But then I, if someone has a history of say, they um, mentioned that they get got wiped out by mono in college, then I'm going to run an EB, EBV panel. I want to look at their Epstein-Barr load because even though they're not sick from it anymore, if their immune system still thinks it's a big managerial task, just like we talked about moments ago, it's going to take away from your body's ability to maintain a healthy pregnancy. Yeah. If someone has a, a history of tick bite, we're definitely going to be looking at, at Lyme and other co-infections. Um, some of the other more common infections that we get often, we'll definitely take a peek at so I like, like, like the data that comes with blood work. Yeah, that's great. And it's, it's not that bad. You know what I mean? It's like a little stick. It's not like this, this whole big process where we're like, you know, CT scan, or it's really just such a simple collection. And then you get all this data from it and the power to make decisions based off of that, which that sounds amazing. Are there, um, thinking of, um, of detox, are, I, I feel like when people think of detox, at least my brain goes there sometimes of thinking of these like really extreme examples. Like I have to do a water fast and eat nothing or drink nothing but water for days. Um, Can you give us some ideas of like, what does that look like? What, what, you know, or some tips or recommendations or ways that you can detox gently or, or they're just such a myriad of of ways to do it. It's how how would you answer that? detox? Yes. Detox can take on many different, forms, shapes, sizes, flavors. But I think one of the biggest take-home messages is to root cause, look at any toxins coming in and start there, right? We can detox all we want, but if there are still exposures everywhere, it's like, you know, still sinking, right? The water's still coming. So I would say really go through and do a healthy home checkup, start in every room looking for things like what type of cleaners am I using in my kitchen, in my bathroom, on my body, what kind of makeup, what kind of lotions, potions, perfumes, nonstick cookware is one that can be very, very toxic. So looking at your cookware, looking at the foods, foods are huge. You know, our gut is our interface with the outside world. It takes a real beating when it comes to toxins. So, you know, are we warming up things in plastic containers in the microwave or are we using glass? You know, are we drinking out of water bottles or do we have a stainless steel container that we're using? Those are really easy ways to detox in a sense because you're avoiding the toxin altogether. So I would say always getting to that root cause. And then again, it depends on the person. A huge way to detox gently every day is to stay hydrated. Mm. You know, all of our cells were so highly composed of water. We need to flush, flush, flush the gut tube being so long and it being one of our main roots of um, elimination. You've got to have enough water in the mix to really clear. So for example, if you're not having a daily bowel movement, and it's due to dehydration, you're really, really log jamming the, the toxic burden that your system has, unfortunately. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, certainly clean food. So you really want to go clean 15, dirty dozen, that list organic when possible. Um, and then it depends on the person, you know, if they're super stressed and I know they have a toxic burden, 
have a, a pretty good idea they're rip roaring through their B vitamins, which are really important cofactors for detoxification. So I might say, hey, let's send you in for an IV nutrient drip, which is a great therapy just to get the boulder over the hill, if you will, and then take very specific a B complex or certain B vitamins to help replete. Um, it may be that we do, there's a formula there are only a couple of formulas that I've used the whole time, 13 years I've been practicing because there's always new stuff coming out, right? New and better formulas and gadgets and all that. But there's one I use called MetaClear. It's it's my clean the slate. It's got your good quality assimilate, um, easy to assimilate nutrients, your B vitamins, your it's basically like a multivitamin. But then you've got some added like your glutathione, which is probably the most powerful antioxidant, our body makes it. But if we're not getting enough protein or we have a toxic burden, we need to supplement and add more. It's got things to help heal the gut. So it's a, it's a powder we use every day for a couple of weeks, maybe a couple months to really get in and clean out. I don't go for the box, um, shelf, you know, from your big box store, the, all the powders and potions and all that. Um, you can do fasting. I don't love intermittent fasting for women at mm -hmm. all. I don't see good results. Most of those studies are done in men and we know their bodies are very different than ours. Their hormonal cascades are very different. So, um, food is a huge one. Getting enough protein is important for detoxification. If you don't have enough amino acids, you're not going to be clearing. So did that answer your question or? Yeah, that does. That really helps. And I'd love to, I think I'd love to go into a little more, um, examples too, because that was a lot and it was great. And I know <laughs> like some of the things like, um, and it, it is very empowering. I think it's awesome because we can think of, we don't have to buy all this stuff. We can even spend less, you know, like I know when I did away with dryer sheets, I was like, okay, now I have the wool balls and you buy them once and they last forever. I mean, maybe I should replace them. I don't know. <laughs> I've literally had them for like years. <clears throat> they look fine, you know, um, like shave gel. I remember when I realized, oh, you know, we don't need shave gel. Soap just works. Oh my gosh. That is just like a marketing ploy. I literally had the thought that I would have to get shave gel and shave with shave gel. Otherwise my razors would get dull. Are there other things um, that stand out to you? Like Glade is, is another thing. I know I used to like Glade plugins or different air fresheners and now I use essential oils. Um, there's some other big ones that you see that people seem surprised about or some easy switches, I guess people could make, you know, to a cleaner or something. I think you touched on a big one. Laundry absolutely is a huge contributor to toxic burden, not only the dryer sheets, but also the detergent alone, mm -hmm. fragrances, um, a whole host of different toxins and chemicals as the ingredients. So switching to a really clean formula is going to be great. Certainly body care products, you nailed it. And the marketing is really tricky. I actually brought a couple, my nine-year-old who's starting to get into girly stuff. She brought this home from her friend and it's um, white rain, pretty standard, but unscented with active botanicals. So you see it and you're like, oh, this looks actually pretty good. So we read the label together and it's uh, copolymer, it's um, lilium candidum. So they're, they're throwing in some white lily, some botanicals, but then you have things like polyacrylate two cross polymer. We don't, we don't want that stuff. These, these are known carcinogens. Um, if you can't pronounce the ingredient on the label, <clears throat> don't use it. Same thing. This one, this is tart, you know, it's kind of touted as a more natural brand. And of course it's beautiful. It right? is. <laughs> I'm drawn to this. Like, yeah. Right. Yes. And one of the main ingredients is titanium dioxide, which mm -hmm. had the big controversy with Skittles because we know titanium dioxide 
it's cancer causing. So it's like, no, we don't want to be putting these into our body, certainly in preparation of pregnancy, but for the long run too. Scented trash bags are some of the worst. Like you were saying, glade plugins, candles, scented trash bags. As my husband jokes, um, we would rather have a stinky house than a toxic one. Yeah. And it's true. Like, <laughs> and it, those are like, all be. I think we just don't talk enough about this. And, and so there's this understanding of like, you cannot smell at all. You, there's no, you, uh, and so, you know, we're just trying to fragrance everything. And fragrance we know is just like the, the code word for we're hiding a whole bunch of shit in here that you don't really want to know about. And we're not, we don't have to disclose because it's not regulated. And anytime you see natural fragrance or um, natural flavors, or uh, there's just, you know, it's they're hiding stuff in there. That's just like a catch all term which um, is, cocktail absolutely yeah, which is awful absolutely awful um that's that's excellent that's really great um what if someone is already pregnant or already or still breastfeeding and you know maybe they're even thinking ahead to baby number two or they're they haven't made these changes and now they're like oh my gosh oh no i use dryer sheets and all the fragrances and um eight ho-hos and what, you know, I mean, where would you start and also what's safe for them to do? Um, like that, that product that use the meta, whatever meta cleanse or meta. Meta clear. Uh, meta clear. Um, is that safe? Or there are some things that if you're, you are already pregnant or breastfeeding that you should avoid. Yeah, definitely. We don't want to do any kind of, um, intentional detoxification during pregnancy, not really breastfeeding either, but I think, depending on the person, there's some support that we can implement. The first part though, is just not feeling shamed about any, anything that you have been doing or feeling bad about what you have done. It's all about moving forward and making little changes where you can, that make sense for you and your family. That's going to be important during pregnancy. It's really like getting out as much as possible and not putting a whole bunch back in. Right. Even doing things though, during pregnancy, eating very clean and eating things like lemon, garlic, dandelion greens, leafy greens, those are gentle detoxifiers. Cilantro is a chelator. So you can do those using food as your medicine. Again, good quality filtered water to flush, flush, flush. You're still going to be clearing out and cleansing, but doing so in a way that's not super aggressive where we worry about baby. And breastfeeding, I mean, there, there are it's easier to kind of navigate, but even then it's like, we don't know what's liberated into breast milk. We do know though, that after women breastfeed, the actual breast tissue has less toxins than before they breastfed. So it's like, we are getting rid of something we are clearing, but I like to believe with a kind of more positive attitude that baby is also equipped to detoxify. And maybe the mom, the baby is to help mom to detoxify and then baby detoxify. I don't know, but it's definitely something Castor oil packs, for example, are going to be great. We don't use those during pregnancy. That's a wonderful, easy detox therapeutic right over the liver. Been used for eons. Castor oil dates back to Egyptian time and the Bible. Um, But those are things we don't do in pregnancy. Definitely could do during breastfeeding, but it would be mom and baby specific. You know, what's the health of mom? What's the health of baby? If baby has a bunch of eczema, is very colicky, you know, has other issues, there might need to be some detoxification to actually help baby clear but if baby is really struggling, it may not be the time to do detoxification, even though mom needs it because we don't want to exacerbate baby. So it's, it's all about the individual person or mom and baby when it comes to detoxification. Yeah. yeah in that situation. That's great. And, um, I love that you said water. And I think that was one of the first things you had said when we talked about how to detox and we just can't 
under or overvalue the, the power of water to help us just flush things out. And so a question that comes to mind with that, I don't know if you get this question, um, what about um, the the flavored water or the, what is it called? It has like fuzzy, fizzy water. Sparkling um, water? Yes, sparkling water, yes. Mm -hmm. So what are your thoughts on that? And then I've heard debates about like, whether it's in a can and then, or not, or, you know, glass and, and whatnot, but, um, Yes. So I, I have people in my life that really love sparkling water. And, you know, and so I just wonder if that's um, as good as plain water or not. And even if, you know, without the flavors or whatever. So I'd, I'd love to hear your take on, on how, what's the best water and how to get it in and, and all that. Water is so important. I could probably go down this bunny hole for a long time. One of my first patients when I uh, first started out as a doc in Atlanta he came in and he was suffering from joint pain. He had been to the Mayo Clinic. He had seen every specialist in Atlanta, Emory. He had been to all these providers. It was very intimidating. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, you know. And sometimes they call us the caboose doctors because it's like they've tried everything else, not gotten any answers. So they end up with us at the end. So we were going through, you know, the, the basic pillars of health. So I said, Rachel, we've got to start with the basics. That's my toolbox. He was drinking one soda, cola, and one beer a day, no water. Nothing else. None. Whoa. Nothing else. No one had asked him about hydration, which you think for the, the, the state of joint functionality, you've got to have lubrication, which largely comes from water. So needless to say, we got him drinking water and you would think I was a rocket scientist. Yeah. He, he's great. He was like, you've cured me. And you know, it's like, I can't take credit for like some big, amazing cure. It's like, no, you, that's a pillar of health. You've yeah. got to stay hydrated and you really need half your body weight in ounces daily. Most people do. I am not a fan of sparkling water. Like I always say, and I I'm the bearer of bad news. Cause a lot of, especially they're marketed to women and, you yeah. know, and it's like, if you want a little taste or a little fizz, but I always say, if a fish can't live in a tank of sparkling water, neither can your cells, right? Oh, that's such a good way to think about it. Yeah. And yeah. studies have shown that the carbonation in sparkling water, so even if it doesn't have um, artificial flavoring or colors, carbonation will actually leach important minerals from bones. So it's really tough on bones. But imagine, too, I always say this, if you accidentally, which I have, snorted, which was when I was younger, when I probably didn't know better, like I laughed and snorted a sparkling drink and it gets in your nose, it burns like all get out, right? Yes, it does. That's the same mucosa that's in your gut. Imagine what your gut is doing when you're gulping down the sparkling water every day. Yes. It's, it's, it's very caustic to very sensitive tissue. So not a proponent of sparkling water. I always say 80-20, if you love it, if it brings you joy, definitely um, try to get it in a glass versus aluminum can. We don't want a bunch of aluminum being liberated, um, but mainly get your hydration from plain old good filtered water. Yeah. 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 I just needed to hear it. I knew I, I had the feeling that's what you would say, but I just wanted to know that that was the right thing. <laughs> you know? And the thing is you can also drill down to a cellular level. Cells make up tissues, tissues make up organs, organs make our makeup systems that make up our whole body, right? On a cellular level, each cell needs to have a lot of water, the majority of water. So it can usher in nutrients. It can clear out biotoxins and waste and be healthy, right? Yeah. The outside of a cell membrane should be more like a racquetball, right? It's firm, but you can, it gives, right? Because it needs mm -hmm. to be fluid and moving. When you're super dehydrated chronically, which we see a lot in practice, that cell membrane is more like an eggshell. It's just kind of fragile. It's kind of cracked. It's just 
a lot less likely to be stable and we need stable cells. So that's kind of how I describe the importance of water down to a cellular level. Yeah, that's great. That's really helpful. This has been so wonderful. So interesting. I really could talk to you for hours and days and I'm already thinking maybe we could have a part two, (laughs) you know, yeah, I would love to have you back on. So um, I can't thank you enough for your time and I do want to honor your time. Are there any other tips or points things that we didn't cover today, thinking about before you're pregnant, trying to get things out of the house, get things out of your habits um, that aren't serving you or your future baby the best way possible? Is there anything else that you'd like to touch on that I haven't asked about? Yeah, you know, I think we, um, in honor of time, we didn't talk about mental, emotional health. Um, And I think that is so important. Um, Physical health is too, but the two are inextricable. So I think, you know, I'm a big proponent of therapy and getting the mental, emotional health support, especially going into motherhood and that postpartum period. Oftentimes we see those wounds or emotional neglect that you faced as a child. They resurface when you have your own child and it can make mothering the postpartum period much, much harder. And it's, it's tough on the body. So definitely really looking into, even if it feels like you're pretty healthy, really explore your mental, emotional health and see if there's anything that needs TLC or tending to there too, in preparation of pregnancy or just in being proactive for your overall physical health. Yeah. That's amazing. And that would definitely, that could be another part too. I mean, I could talk for days (laughs) on just the the mind body connection when it comes to the public floor and, and if you're not mentally at ease and you're not physically at ease and then things don't ease out, you know, as much when, uh, you know, we're thinking about birth. So that's, that's huge. Um, that's excellent. So how can people find out more about you and how can they contact you and in, in ways that they can work with you? Yes. Yeah, so our main route of contact would be www.kelblossom.com. As you said, we're active, especially on Instagram. We're trying to always put out new content, helpful information for people. We love hearing feedback. If someone wants to hear about something, we're absolutely, we'll put it on our radar to talk about it. So Kel Blossom is our major route. My practice is, is largely full, um, but if someone is looking for an naturopathic physician, Um, There are a few different ways you can go onto naturopathic.org and put in your zip code and you can find a physician that's close to you or within driving distance of you, or you can go onto ifm.org, which is the Institute for Functional Medicine. You will be able to find an integrative medicine doctor. It may be an ND, which is I am, which is what I am. It may be an MD it may be a DO, a nurse practitioner, Um, but those are the ways that you can access integrative care. If someone wants to know specifically more about my practice or to get in to see Dr. Carly, they can always email us at info at intonewwellness.com and I can send that to you if you'll have it. Yeah, we'll have all that linked in the show notes, everyone. So you can can look at that and definitely check out Kale Blossom if you have not already on Instagram because you guys are, it is, it's just a wealth of knowledge and I just am so appreciative for what you put out there. And, you know, the sprinkle of humor in, you know what I love? Sorry, I have to say this. <clears throat> the one, <laughs> I, um, I think it was Halloween <laughs> and you were like, which mom are you? And you have oh, like, yeah. you, like, you kind of like picked it or one of you picked out candies and, you know, and like kind of saved some. And the other one was just like dumped it all into the garbage. And I'm like, oh, I wish I was a dumper. I wish we weren't like, picking <laughs> or like, you know, all of us eating off the kids candies for like that whole week. Although next year we're definitely doing it different. We just all got sick this year and oh, it was just awful. So I always say Halloween is the kickstart of cold flu season, which we could talk about that in part two. Yeah. But you know what? That's some people, you know, they may wonder like, 
are they really positions? They're, you know, we want to include the humor. It's real life. Yes. And we're supposed to have fun. There yes. are times to be serious. We take our jobs and caring for others very seriously, yes. but we also like to have fun and, and make people smile and smile ourselves. So I'm glad that you appreciate it. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> I, I really resonated with that human aspect of that. I'm like, oh, they're normal people just like us, you know, <laughs> we totally are. We absolutely are. Oh, thank you thank again you so for much. your time. I really appreciate it. Do you ever wish that you could learn the essentials of pelvic health from an experienced pelvic floor physical therapist at a fraction of the cost and from the comfort of your own home? This episode is sponsored by Progressive Pelvic Education, your source for online courses to expand your pelvic health knowledge and promote optimal wellness. Pelvic health is wealth, and there is a lot of essential information about our pelvic floor that isn't taught in school. Learn what to do and not to do to avoid the inconvenience and pain of pelvic floor issues in a self-paced course you can take anywhere. Visit ProgressivePelvicEducation.com to get access today. This content is for educational purposes only and is not intended to be medical advice. Please discuss any questions you may have regarding your health or medical condition with your physician or a qualified healthcare professional. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests.